Hey, Gritty Friends, welcome and so happy you are here. We are on episode 10, and one of the questions I get asked by um, from my clients is about their team, employees, or coworkers. So we have seen so many take the network they've had before and move it to another company, and bam, you're like a leader and you've never done this before. And you've never had even that many people on your team before. So maybe you even just sponsored your first teammate. You're hire, you hired your first employee. Now what? I mean, is there a book or a manual or instructions? I mean, there are guides to the best methods of leading leaders and developing new leaders everywhere. But which one do you start with? So this is a definitive guide that will not only discuss how you as the leader can influence others, but how it will help you build meaningful relationships and develop future leaders. This is so important. So today we are discussing those secrets. I'm super excited about it. It's really not so secret, but I'll give you the first lesson because you're going to need to hear this a few times. You cannot, you cannot want it more than them. You can't. We try, we really do, we get so excited, we're ready, and then realize that they don't want it as bad. And then what happens? You're let down. So you, lesson one, you cannot want it more than them. However, I do tell my clients don't give up. They may not want it now, but they will want it later. You have to be patient with them. Let them see how you're developing others, and then they will watch your moves. Trust me. It's like they say on social media, they may not comment, but they are watching you and you know it's true because we've all posted something and a comment comes up and we're saying to ourselves, where have you been for the last two years? They've been there. They're just lurking. It's almost like creepy stalking. <laughs> so before we move on to the juicy good stuff, we have a review to read and this one comes from Jay Jenny. We all need grit. I enjoyed listening to Erica's story as well as her view on business and mindset. Building the business is hard work and listening to a podcast like this is a great way to get motivated as well as learn strategies that help you succeed. Jay Jenny, thank you so much for the review and I'm glad you have found the grit to be gritty enough for you both in mindset and strategy. Building a business is hard work, but when you have the right mindset and have a plan, you will have a lot more fun because the journey will be that much better. Your obstacles will be minimal because you will have the tools and mindset to get around the wall. And if you have a topic that has been on your heart and you really want to um, hear and learn more about it, jump into my Facebook community with me and connect. The link to the Gritty Coach community is in the show notes below. And if you haven't had a chance to leave a review and found this podcast to help you in some way, I would love to hear from you. Just use the link on Apple Podcasts to write a review and I will feature you in the next episode. Who's ready to expose those leadership secrets? I am and you're ready. So buckle up, sit back and let's get gritty. Hey friends, welcome to the Gritty Coach. If you're feeling overwhelmed, unfocused, or even stuck in your business, don't worry. I completely know where you're coming from, and I've been there before. But now you want to get some clarity, a plan, and you're ready to take your business to the next level, then you are in the right place. My name's Erica, and I'm the Gritty Coach. Just a little about me. I'm a veteran, a wife, a boy mom, a twin mom, and a fur mom. 
And after 20 years in the Navy and my unique life experiences, I am here to help you smooth and polish your business practices through what I like to call gritty love. So if you think you're tough enough, sit back, buckle up, and let's get gritty. Okay, welcome back. So I am so ready to get started on this topic. Um, when I decided I wanted to talk about this, it sort of hit me last week. Um, I've mentioned this before. I really, I have a list of topics that I want to cover, but I actually don't decide on which one until that week. And it really just sort of comes to me and happens. And then I get ready for it, right? When I decided on this one, I immediately went to go look for my book, the book. And I realized I have definitely given away my second copy of the book and I've passed it along to others who are leaders and who are ready to be leaders who needed um, some extra development, like professional development, et cetera. And I have, I, I, I guess I got to talk to Amazon again because I, I need round three. <laughs> so what book is it? It is called 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. And each law is an effective way to lead or develop others. They're, these are always a work in progress, but the more you continue, the more leaders you will inspire and develop. Now, when I compared um, Maxwell to Covey, which Covey is uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I will tell you personally, Maxwell fit me better because I, don't, I didn't have to master one to go to the next level. I can just move all over the place and really just learn all the different steps and it's sort of like my brain and I love all the things and I just I just sort of, you know, okay, I may have this one where I need it to be, so I'm going to go to this law and really work on this one because this is what I need to do. So I want to give some of these but my own interpretation of how I've used them and I wouldn't be remiss though if I didn't give credit where credit is due and it does come from this book and like I said, I have passed it down twice now and I'm going to have to order it a third time because I swear I looked for it for an hour yesterday. So <laughs> definitely need to get my book back. But of course I can, you know, I always try to make sure that if I'm going to cite something, I I have the information clearly and I give it to you as it's written or my interpretation of as it's written, which means I need to do some research. So that's what I was trying to do is just make sure I had it down. And I didn't want to skip a law because they're all good. Now, I'm not going to give you every single law. It's 21 laws. This would be a very long episode. But what I do want to give you is I just like an overview of my interpretation, how I've used them, you know, really how important I feel that these are in not just developing you because you are important, but also developing those around you that you want to raise up. And we're going to talk about that more here in just a second. Let me share a story with you. When I was in the Navy prior to becoming a chief, um, I can tell you that I was extremely competitive. We all had to vie for the top number one spot. It's really hard to explain because it's military terms versus civilian terms. So if you catch me trying to like, hmm, think about it for a second, I'm trying to convert my words. It's like translating in my head. It's like an, a whole nother language, right? Military is like this whole other language. We all wanted the top spot. There's a number one, and then it kind of comes down and they call them EPs. That's early promote. And then you got MPs, and you got P's. Okay. I don't want to get too far off topic there with that piece. So we'd all like compete for that top spot because that was going to be in my world, the 
the deciding factor when everybody goes up for board, that was going to be the deciding factor for whether or not you made chief or not. Basically, we would all step on each other and backstab each other to try and get to the top. It was awful. I mean, it, like I can remember like arguments that I got into it with people and I just, I was young. I was inexperienced. I didn't have anybody training me as a leader. And when I was stationed with the Marines, my, you know, the Marines would do their best. But when it comes to the Navy side of the house, there was nobody there to really groom me, develop me teach me and and show me the ways, be the example, right, that I needed into becoming a chief. I, I really had to do that myself until I got to this next command, and then I really had all the support as I was making chief. Now, I would like to think that I wasn't that mean, but I can't say that. So when I made chief, I had to start building new leaders now, which meant I needed to ditch my thoughts. I had to be reshaped and for the better, seriously. I cannot explain the process of breaking my bad habits and replacing them with the right tools to successfully develop those that were to replace me because it just would take me all day. The pro but it started with transitioning from an E6 to chief. They don't call them E7s. That's bad. Um, but to chief. And chief is such a different stage of of being promoted in the military because it truly is the backbone of the Navy. The chiefs are there to make sure that, that the vision of the, the CO is actually being executed. They're there to make sure that they answer the questions, overcome the obstacles, and make sure that they're staying on target with what the CO needs you to do. With that comes developing the leaders that are going to replace you. Because one day, I'm not going to be there, right? I'm not there now. Uh, one day, the next person may not be there. So if you're not the things I needed to understand the most was that I was replaceable. <laughs> they could do it at any time and the mission had to keep going without me. And I would set them up for failure if I wasn't training those sailors that worked for me and with me in my department, I would absolutely do them a disservice if I were gone tomorrow and then they didn't have the skills with which to be able to have a new leader, right? Like have somebody to take care of that. So it was ingrained in us when we became chiefs that this was our job. Our job was to train my replacement. And that thought of no longer being competitive, but knowing my job was to train those around me and and network within other with other chiefs across the, the world, really, and make those connections and, and ensure the training got done and that they were ready to take the job from me, that was like the... It was mind-blowing. <laughs> it was mind-blowing. That was when I truly became a leader. Everything leading up to that, I sort of felt like I was leading because I was, I, okay, I'll tell you that I felt like I had it because I was in the position, right? I was the senior person working at the command. That was my position. I was the leader. It wasn't because of the reasons I'm going to tell you. It was because of position. And I will tell you that I was not a leader. I know that businesses don't run that way of thinking all the time of like, oh, this is, you know, you're replaceable and this is the next person. But you, really, everybody, and now maybe in your, your business that that's not discussed that way, but truly that's the way it is. If you're not there, the next person needs to be able to take over, right? Who will take care of the staff? 
Will the next leader be ready to stand up and make sure that they are heard on behalf of their department? And if I don't do my job, then no one's going to be able to do that, right? So I'm sure you're wondering how this applies to you. The principles are all the same. It's the secrets I'm about to give you. So these guides, when practiced, and notice I said practiced, will not just make you a better leader, but will help you influence and inspire others to want the same infectious personality. So you're ready to hear them, right? So we already discussed this, and I'm going to say it again. I told you you needed to hear it more than once. You cannot want it more than them. You can't force them. It's like leading the horse to the trough. You can, you can take the horse there. You cannot make them drink. You cannot make people drink the Kool-Aid. They have to want the Kool-Aid themselves. I like I can come up with a ton of metaphors for this, apparently. So just know they have to want it. You won't be able to force it down their throat. Number two, leaders that have people that follow them are ones that have a vision. Because when you're focused on the vision, then other people see your vision because you're making it known that this is where you're going towards, right? That you have a bigger goal and that's your vision. Then other people want to automatically get on the train, the vision train. There it is. We're going on the leadership vision train. So having a vision and a goal, I mean, that's ultimately what that really is, is having that goal um, sets the pathway forward for everybody behind you to come with you. And they can come alongside of you. They can come behind you. They could be the caboose, but they're still coming. Number three, leaders need to set the example. We call it leading from the front. You need to be willing to do the things that you're asking other people to do. So if you're asking people to send out messages today, then you need to be willing to do that and have done that. You need to know what that's like so that as these obstacles come up for these people, you've already done that. If you're, if, if you are a good leader, you have already experienced a lot of the obstacles that these people will automatically come into because you've done it. You've been there. You've led from the front. You've moved forward. You know how to get over them and you're going to help them. Number four, this one's really important. And if you're listening to this, you're already doing it. So I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, number four is professional development or personal development. We talk about growth mindset. We talk about um, staying positive. We talk about making sure that our brains are staying active and we're constantly learning. That is what we're supposed to be doing. Everybody needs to constantly learn. And as professional development, that's really kind of in your business, you know, in, and as being a leader, personal development, that could be you spiritually, whatever it is, you need to be developing that. Professional development is extremely important and you need to have dedicated time for that. Again, if you're listening to this, I'd like to think that we're already there. <laughs> so good job. And if you're reading books, highlight in your books. Um, I'm, I'm a in-hand kind of book person, which is why I need to go back to Amazon and order that Irrefutable Laws again. Uh, I like to have them highlighted because that's how it's easier for me to refer back to. So number five, I'm going to give you quite a few. So if you are driving in the car or you're someplace where you can't catch all of this, come back so you can write these down so you have them because there are going to be quite a few. I'm just, I really wanted to get these across and, and the leader is not molded in one shape. It comes from all different angles and all different things that creates the right leader. 
and you don't always have it perfect. And that's where professional development comes in is that we're always improving. The more I improve me, the better I am for those that I want to bring along with me. So number five, leaders need to be ready to sacrifice for those they are developing. The higher you move up the ladder, actually you're going to sacrifice more. So you need to be willing and ready to do that and understand that that's what's going to happen. Number six, this is what, um, in the Navy, we called it deck plate leadership. So this is really knowing your people. You get out there, you walk around, you talk to people, you jump on a call. If you're online with everybody, then you hop on a Zoom call, hop on a personal call. Um, this is knowing your people and knowing what's going on with them. And the more that you know them and get to know them and work with them personally, not in a group setting, but personally, you have what's called loyalty. Loyalty. Because they know you care about them. Because you've had these personal conversations, took the time and spent time learning about them and what's going on with them and understanding their perspective and really listening to them and trying to help them. So like I said, that's in the Navy, we call that deck plate leadership. You don't, you don't lead from behind your desk is how we say that. Now it's really hard when you're only online and that's okay. You can still have a Zoom, personal Zoom, one-on-one. I do that with people all the time. One-on-one, I want to know what's going on with you, where I can help, where your obstacles are, what you're currently working on, and I'm going to ask you all these questions. Number seven, you attract those who are like you. So if you have a negative attitude, you will attract people that have a negative attitude. If you have a growth mindset, you are going to attract other people that have a growth mindset. If you have the mindset of a leader and that you want to push forward and you want more, you are going to attract other people that want the same thing. But if you're talking and complaining and, and, and saying negative things, then that's the people that are going to come with you because they're the ones that feel your plight. No, not everything in life is fair and no, not everything is going to work out the way it's supposed to be 100% of the time. But the idea, and this is where the growth mindset comes in, is you are really switching that around and trying to find the positive in it. Okay, so it didn't work. Fine. It was a challenge. I over. I need to overcome it. But what did I take away from this? That's what you need to be thinking is what did I take away from this scenario? No, it didn't work. I'm not going to say the F word. Um, no, it didn't work. But what am I taking away? Well, I'm either taking away that this was a positive or maybe this was the negative of that and I need to change something. So the more you stay in this positive, in this process of wanting to overcome obstacles and moving forward and develop yourself, you're going to find other people that want to have professional development, other people that want to move forward, that see your vision, that they're ready to sacrifice. So that all of these work together in tandem. It's not one versus the other. And I think that's where like, Covey sort of separated themselves from Maxwell's theories and that Covey, you really sort of had to master one to move to the next. I liked that in the center was me and 21 laws were all around me. And I got, I got to get pinged from all different angles of those laws. And each one helped develop me together, not one by itself, but each one, and they all come, they can all be working together simultaneously. Number eight, 
be a problem solver. I sort of just mentioned this a few minutes ago when I talked about obstacles and overcoming them. My theory has always, and again, I learned this in the military. I I shouldn't even say it's my theory because it's not, absolutely not my theory. I'm not going to say that again. Uh, This is what I learned in the military was that if I'm going to come to you with a problem and let you know that something's not working, I will have already thought about possible solutions. Very rarely do I come to a problem with absolutely no idea how to proceed forward. Even if it's contacting somebody that's an expert, even if it's reaching out to a, like phone a friend, you know, I I need to phone a friend. I need a 50, 50. I need something. (laughs) Throw me a lifeline here, people. Um, I definitely will not generally come to a problem and tell somebody about it without having some type of inkling of how I want to solve it or think maybe this might be a good way forward. But that rolls right into number nine, which is knowing when to ask for help. You might be a problem solver, but maybe this isn't the problem you can solve because it's not your expertise. So I know now I need to ask for help. I need to bring somebody else in. That might be the answer to the problem is bringing in another expert, right? And that's okay. I am not threatened by the next person who comes in and trains my people anymore. I'm not because my people know that I have them in mind. And they know that I want to better them. And even if I bring in another leader that is educated in an area that I'm not, I'm not trying to learn it just so I can spew it and tell you I know everything. I don't know everything. And what what I don't know, the person next to me, they know. And what happens if the person next to me is the person that works for me, right? What if they're on my team and that person has some knowledge because of all of their experiences, which are very different from mine. You know, my military experience is very different from a lot of other people. But what if that person next to me that's not in the military, that's on my team, what if they have a different experience? You can ask them for help. Hey, you know what? I really noticed your content is like amazing or you do the best reels or the best videos or your lives are just on par. Like, could you come in and teach us about it? Like that's a great way to start pulling in someone to get them fired up about becoming a leader is taking on one, you're complimenting them, you're identifying them as an expert, it's building their confidence, it shows them that they have the capability and then help them try to teach others. Even if they made a video to teach others because they were still too nervous to be in front of a group, but something, a small piece of something will start to inspire those leaders or those ones that want to become leaders. So knowing when to ask for help doesn't necessarily need to be somebody outside. It can be somebody on your team. But if you know them, you will know what they're experts in. You will know where their strengths are and you will know where the areas that they need to improve on because you've gotten to know them. That's part of it as as well. Number 10, and I sort of talked about this in the very beginning, which was leaders are not a title or position and they can't be bought. You can't just be you know, hey, you're, you know, the department head and be expected to be a leader. Just because you're a leader, people may respect the position, but they don't have loyalty to you because they're not in law of buy-in of you. Now, I'm not giving you the exact names of every single law because I don't want to do all this copyright infringement or whatnot on Maxwell because he did such a great job on his 21 laws. However, I will, I will tell you that the law of buy-in, which is buying into what you're doing, that piece cannot be done from just having a title or a position. 
You can't buy it. You can't buy your way to the top and be a leader at the same time if you're not doing the things that leaders are required to do. You can get to the top. You can be there. You can have a team of 500 people underneath you. But if you're not actually leading them, you're not really a leader. You're just in the top. Now, does it mean that you're going to get down? Like if you have 500 people and they're like six levels down from you, if you're in network marketing, even if you're in a department and there are six or seven levels, you know, sub, you know, divisions within your department, like there's seven, several different other departments within there, you may not necessarily have the ability to individually speak to every one of those, but your job should be developing the leaders that are all in charge of those each office spaces, right? Like if you have six people in admin and you have 10 people in, I'm going to go with medical because it just makes sense. I have 10 people that work in the lab. I have seven people that work in admin. There's one person in charge of each of those. So if my job would be as a leader would be to train the leader of each one of those departments. It's not my job to train everybody everywhere. It's my job to develop new leaders so that they're taking care of their people and raising their next leader, their replacement, because I'm training them to replace me. Number 11 is notice who your leaders are around you. You want to follow them. They always tell you to follow experts that are in your field, like go search them out. That's fine. Go stalk them. Go lurk. Go stalk. (laughs) Happy stalking. I mean, don't like stalk, stalk, but you know, stalk them on social media. Um, Read their books, watch their videos, do their training. Those people, they stand out. They stand out in the crowd and what they have done and they have, how they have led has worked. And you can tell who they are when you see them in front of others. You can tell they have this magnetic, it goes back to um, attraction. You attract uh, people that are like you. So they have this magnetism, right? This magnetism that is, you want to follow them because they just have that way of speaking. And it's like they're speaking directly towards you when they're speaking to a thousand people. Like you, you understand me. You know, you, you speak my language and I want this and I want to be able to do this. 12 is going to be, this is another one that I love to explain from a military perspective, but it is on credibility. So in the military, uh, as a chief, you, they taught us, this is in that transition between E6 to chief and that transition, they taught you never to shoot from the hip and they would, you know, you'd have these like six shooter guns, you know, that you do with your fingers and like pew pew. And that would be the day you shot from the hip. Don't shoot from the hip. If you don't know the answer for sure and have the data to back it, don't make claims that you do. Because in that moment, if somebody figures out that you're not, you have no idea what you're doing, you lost every ounce of credibility as a leader. And it takes you forever to build it, but it takes you like one shot and you can, and you can just kill it. So your credibility is don't shoot from the hip. And if you make a mistake, admit you're wrong. That is so hard for people. I don't know why. And and my boys are the same way. They do something and I'm like, why can't you just say you're sorry? Like one hits the other or makes an insult to the other. They don't necessarily hit each other very much anymore at their age, but uh, one insults the other, right? That's like big brother thing to do is to call each other names. (laughs) And I'm like, when you realize you did something wrong and I'm telling you it's wrong, and they already should know this, then why don't you just apologize? Why do you got to argue with me and say, oh, well, he said this. No, just admit you're wrong and stop and leave it there. There's no but. 
There's no excuse. There's no, oh, well, so-and-so did this or whatever and told me this. No, my, my piece of this puzzle, I made a mistake. And leaders make mistakes too, especially ones that are in like the public's eye right? On their on TV or whatever. They're, they make mistakes too. They make bad calls. You really just hope it's not at some detrimental expense, but they make decisions. They follow through with them. At least they were consistent and they did it, but they their, their choices are not always right. May not have always been the right path. Maybe they didn't listen to their intuition. Maybe they listened to somebody else instead of their gut feeling, which is really important. That's like number 13. So I'm sort of combining 12 and 13 together is about following your instincts and having your credibility. But there's no reason you can't say, I'm, I was wrong. I'm sorry. You know, I didn't, I, I don't, I didn't have all the information and I want to really learn about this, but I told you this and it was wrong. And there, I'm sorry. And leave it at that. That will keep your credibility because people respect the fact that you actually can apologize and respect the fact that you can admit it and respect the fact that you didn't have all the answers, but you recognize it and you want to change it. There's your credibility still there. Even when you made a mistake, you didn't lose it. You gained even more because they have a newfound respect that my leader can admit when they're wrong. Now, this next one I see a lot of and people don't know how to do it or it, I don't know, like it just doesn't seem to come across right. But um, number 14 is empower your team. Your team can do so much. And again, I've previously I said, hey, if there's some, if I know my people well enough, I know what they're capable of. And if there's somebody that knows something and they're an expert in it, empower them to teach it. Empower them to give wisdom on it. Empower them, uh, support them you know, tell them that they're doing a great job. Tell them how wonderful this is and that they really need to boost that forward. Give them and empower them. Let them do it. If there is um, training that needs to be done, ask them who wants to lead, if anybody wants to lead it. Does anybody feel like they can lead this? I'll be with you the whole step of the way. Give them some small piece of this, you know, training puzzle and have them start to take a piece of that, right? Maybe it's professional development. Maybe you guys decide to read a book together and everybody's got the book, they're reading it, whatever. And, and that person gets to pick out a particular piece of that and discuss how it applies to them. I mean, there's a thousand different ways you can empower your team, but the goal is just to empower them. Because when they feel like they're empowered to do more, they're not going to be walking behind you anymore. They're going to be walking alongside of you. And that's when you hear people say, don't be behind me, be with me, be, be walking on the same, you know, we're singing Red Rover, Red Rover, we're all in a line and we're walking. It's because you're with me on the same line because you are doing the things that it takes to be that leader. Number 15, you are no longer a party of one. Recognize that you did not make it to where you are being a party of one. Everybody below has had to support, has had to help you in some sort of manner. There are people all around you that give you advice and uh, give you expert opinions and provide you data. And then you take all that and you put it together. That is not a party of one. That is a team. And it takes a team to make things happen. 
rarely is it very much a party of one. And even me, as, as, a, as my own business owner, if I don't have anybody working for me, my I'm still not a party of one. I have a husband that helps me. I have friends that help me. I have other coaches that help me. I am not a party of one. I have a circle of influence. There are people that influence and help me and mold me into being a better woman, into a better coach, into a better person. The You are no party of one. This is not the I show. It's the we show. We only have two left here. 16. Desire to achieve and don't stop when you hit the roadblock. You want the victory. It's called the law of victory. I should just go ahead and put that one out there. It's like you, because it's not really over at this point, it's not being a problem solver necessarily by itself. It is about you don't stop until you want to hit that goal. You are not going to be defeated. That means you're overcoming obstacles, right? That means you're a problem solver. It means that you know when to ask for help. I mean, all this stuff comes into play again. But the the law of victory is that you want it and you're not going to give up just because it got hard. And lastly, number 17, this one is, uh, I've sort of mentioned all throughout here, which is really lead with tomorrow in mind and have a legacy and be ready to pass the torch. So what is your legacy? What are you leaving behind? Are you leaving behind a bunch of people that have no idea what they're doing and can't move the department where it needs to go because you decided not to do any training? Or they don't have any professional development in order to be able to make new leaders. Like which one's going to stand out? So what is your legacy that you leave behind? How are you going to help others be able to take care of the people in the future? And how you're going to set them up? Now that you have all these juicy secrets, which if you didn't get them all, that's totally fine. You can always go back, rewind, and get them all written down. And what I will say is that you should probably pass this down to other people around you. These are great secrets that are not really secrets because we're divulging everything here that should be, you know, passed down to others, right? This is the part of the legacy. Not just becoming a good leader, but these are tips to develop good leaders and they do what you do. You practice. It takes time to put them into place. If you don't have a team yet, then you are your first one to develop. You're the first leader. That's okay. Develop you into the best leader so that as soon as you do have someone with you, you're ready to help them move to that next level when they're ready. Remember, they can't, they, you can't want it more than them. It's really, you've seen the excitement, even if you're trying to sponsor people and you want it so badly for them because it's such an amazing thing and come to find out it wasn't what they wanted. So make sure that you are not trying to want it more than them. So. I would love, this is your homework time, homework time, to jump into the Facebook group and tell me at least one thing that gave you an aha moment. What was it that you either didn't know or want to take on or like, oh my goodness, I should have, I've been doing this, even if you've been doing it, or I should be doing it, I never thought about it that way, and post it in there. I would love to know what it is. Uh, You can tell me more than one, but at least one. I hope you all have a great week. And if you don't want to miss an episode, be sure to follow. You can always sign up for insider alerts to upcoming episodes, workshops, and bonus features. The sign up link is just in the show notes. And if this episode hit the right chord for you, take a picture of the episode like the screenshot and share it in your stories and tag me. I would love to tag and feature you in my stories too. So thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep staying gritty.
friend, before you go, I would love to read your takeaways from this episode. I would be so blessed and grateful if you had a few moments to share your thoughts in a review. So just hop on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll below the episodes, and click on the purple write a review. Now, if this episode inspired you today to make a change, share it on your Instagram or your Facebook stories and tag me at The Gritty Coach. I would love to tag you back in my stories. Just remember to never give up. You never fail. You just learned a way how not to do something. So try again. I believe in you. And until we meet again, keep up the grid. Yeah.